For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. You just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Uh. Welcome back. This is episode 239 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Happy uh, belated Father's Day. You too, man. How was your uh, How was your Father's Day? It was good. good. It was good. I relaxed. I'm not going to lie. I ate half an edible. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did nothing. It's technically legal in New Jersey now, so I can say stuff like that and not incriminate myself. I don't know. Did, did Emperor Murphy uh, say it was okay? I don't know. I think it's like a weird, it's like in, in, in an in-between phase, you know, with the law here. But I had half an edible, and it did nothing. But I did pass out at like 5 o'clock. I was dead. But it didn't hit me good. <clears throat> I actually went to the Somerset Patriots game yesterday, which was... Uh, was, was Luke Voigt playing? Or you were just yeah, joking? He played. Yeah. No, he was there. Did you meet him? No, he uh I got I got there later because we were with my daughter. Ah, that's and, fucked you know up. what? You got there taking late. Taking my daughter to a baseball game. No, you should have taken your daughter early and left early. You don't show up late. No, you show up late. Holy shit. Was it a packed crowd or what? No, they were, yeah, it was pretty full. Pretty I pitched full on house. that on, on that mound, you know. We're trying to eliminate the amount of time the child's in the heat. So we That's what I'm saying though. You take her early, you leave in like the third inning. You don't have to no. stay for a full game. I wanted to get a couple of What's better? That bad yeah, what's better though? Right? She gets there and, and just watches a bunch of fucking no name guys plus Luke Voigt play a baseball game. Or you get she fucking takes a picture with Luke Voigt and you have that to to show her, when I don't she's think older. he was out on the field early anyway. They didn't open up the gates till twelve o'clock. Uh, he started he big, at one. He big leagued everyone. I think he big leagued it because he probably I, did. He, there was players out on the field uh, when we got into the stadium around like twelve. Did he cut his hair yet? I don't know. I couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. Where were we saying nosebleeds? Yeah, because there's no nosebleeds in a minor league stadium. That stadium's gorgeous though. Yeah, it's nice. It's a typical minor, you know. You get the typical minor league feel from going. Yeah, there. but they got a nice like screen in the in the outfield and everything, right? They got the players like pictures up there and shit. Players, the players when they throw sliders. No, they did a really, uh, really a good nice job. And I, and I wish that I had gotten the guy's name. Uh, he was very helpful because obviously, you know, uh, you don't put a one year old in a seat. Uh, and when we were when I was online chatting with the the uh, director, the customer service personnel, they told me that um, strollers were discouraged. When my wife was like, "No, I'm gonna fucking talk to an actual human." Human. And uh, somebody actually, somebody was very helpful. They uh, they gave us a little life hack. If you're gonna bring uh, a child with a stroller to uh, to Somerset. Patriots game so I wish I had gotten his name so we can give him a shout out on the show but they were very helpful if you called the, the stadium and uh, speak to somebody at the ticket office so so let's talk about this I real quick 
I recommend I recommend checking it out. Too. Yeah, it's I a mean, gorgeous it's, stadium, uh, and they have a pretty decent team, right? Like it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, Yankees Double A affiliate. Uh, you know, well, I wish that I would pay more. If, that's the only thing is though, is that you wish that you'd paid more attention to uh, the minor leagues, just so you knew who these guys were. Yeah, some guys do though. Or, I mean, some people do. I don't waste my time with it because I'm too I'm too, you know involved in in the yankees like i I don't have enough energy to to also care about that but let's talk about this real quick because my my college played at that stadium for a while but before that they played at skyland stadium in sussex county and was it you who sent me who's playing for that team now the sussex county what is it miners mariners i think they're the miners miners mariners I don't know. Yeah, you know. But Todd Frazier. The miners. There's no water up there. Todd Frazier. Okay. How did he go? How did he? I Listen, I know he fell off the grid. But you go from Major League Baseball player to that? Do you think it's because. I can't hang. I heard once that he that he won a Little League World Series championship. And he took a picture. I think with Derek Jeter. So maybe he just doesn't, heard, maybe he just loves New Jersey. Maybe he's trying to give back, but I'd love to him. go see him play. We definitely could meet him. Maybe now he'll come on the show. Maybe now he's not, gonna, he's not too big time talk, for us. What are we going to talk about? How he's batting one forty three for independent baseball. Team? <laughs> oh man. Just fucking grill him. Todd Frazier. No, Todd Frazier gave us a lot of big moments. When he was here. Did he? He really did, man. I think he just gave us the thumb thing. That was big enough. Dude's got a big thumb. I was looking. uh, Oswaldo uh, Peraza is is somebody that is on Yankee fans' radar. He's in Somerset Mm -hmm. right now. Yes, I've heard of him. He's, uh, what position does he play? Is he an outfielder? He's a shortstop. Shortstop. He was hitting the cover off the ball for a while now. Yeah, so... Uh, that's somebody that uh, I don't think he's going to be anything that we have to think about for another couple of years, but it's a name that's, you know, starting to hit radars. Yeah, I mean, a lot of names are hitting radars when, when the team's not hitting, right? The second the Yankees don't hit, everyone starts looking at anyone in any minor league affiliate that is hitting and thinks they're ready to, to play. So his name came up a few times a couple of weeks ago. You think that he's a? I don't know. I haven't really, like I said, I haven't really kept up much on it. I'm not sure if he's a five star prospect or not. I don't know. I I doubt it. But you can definitely leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. And while you're at it, if you want some bonus content, which Christian's been pumping out nonstop, you can head to Patreon.com/slash/myyst. Our patrons are the sponsors of this show and every show going forward. We thank everyone uh, who has signed up to the page thus far, but we need more, guys. We need more. Five bucks a month is the lowest pledge. <laughs> That's nothing. You know, I, we weren't lying. If we if we get two hundred and fifty patrons by the end of the season, we're gonna keep the show going through twenty twenty two. So boom. That's boom. That's the promise. I'll tell you what, I'll 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 even sign you up know, for speak- two more years. I'll tell you this, you know, it's funny how uh, every Yankee fan on Twitter is screaming for Ho- uh, Hoi Jun Park to uh, get called up when 
I can tell you for almost certain, uh, near certainty, that no one knew who the hell the guy was until I still don't know. Maybe two weeks ago. Um, he's an infielder. Uh, he's hitting the ball really well down screen. He's got a one point oh three three OPS, batting three sixteen with seven home runs. I could use that OPS. So, yeah, I mean, he's and here's here's he's a left-handed shortstop. A left-handed batter, you're saying? Yeah, left-handed hitting shortstop. Okay, but here's the thing. The Yankees don't believe in set positions anymore, so we could just throw them anywhere, right? We could throw them in the outfield if we want. Well, I think he can play second base as well. Look, there's no matter what the Yankees do from here on out, there's no denying that regardless of, of how well they play here, they need a left-handed bat. Like, it needs to happen. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if this team was 20 games over 500 right now. I'd be saying the same thing. This team is. It, it, this team almost doesn't make sense offensively without a left handed bat. It just doesn't. Look, they can't. <clears throat> you got to look at it like this. And I, I tweeted about this over the weekend. They took two out of three from Oakland. You like it. It was a it was a big series for them to win because Oakland was in first place mm-hmm. in the West until the. Uh, they lost a couple to the Yankees and Houston's on like a seven game winning streak. So they passed them up. Uh, Oakland's a guy, you know, you look up and down that lineup, they a few a couple dangerous hitters in that lineup. They got good pitching. So they're, they're a legit team and the Yankees, you know, they came in, they really should have won Friday. They didn't, uh, they win Saturday, win Sunday, they take the series. <clears throat> and I completely forgot what my point was. Like it was in my, it, it went right out. Well, while you're thinking about it, I'll say this. It was nice to see, especially on a weekend series where the Yankees oh, that's have it. Yeah, been yeah, miserable, yeah. that they lost the first game of the series against a, re, against a team that's playing really well, and they were able to come back and salvage everything and win the series and by taking the next two games. Well, that right. So Oakland comes in. And the, and the Yankees are getting victimized by Tony Kemp, <laughs> who I believe now has 19 career home runs. And it's not like he just got yeah, here. Yeah, he's been in the big league since 2016. Yeah. So this is a, this is a nut. This is a nothing. Is that an exaggerated? Like is that an exaggerated number? 19 career? No, I'm. I mean, Tony Kemp was a was got... a pretty, you know, it was a household name for a while. No, he was never a household name. Yes, he was. Who am I Where, thinking um, of? And then? Who's, in whose house? Sean Kemp. No, I'm thinking of Kemp from the Dodgers. Matt Kemp. That's Matt Kemp. Okay. So now this makes a little more sense. Tony Kemp. <clears throat> Tony you might Kemp's remember a him. Loser. You might remember him because he he was around on the twenty seventeen Astros team and on the twenty nineteen Astros team as well. So yes. probably why you remember him. Yes, yes, but yes. Look, look, dude, career OPS. <laughs> Of uh, three fifty, seven oh four, nineteen career home runs comes into Yankee Stadium and takes perfect advantage of the short porch. Now you're sitting there saying to yourself, "This guy's a nothing hitter. He has no power. He's hit nineteen home runs mm-hmm. since 2016. That's and he comes in here, uses the short porch to his advantage. Now you're sitting there saying to yourself, "That's how easy it is." 
how come the guy who's getting paid to put this team together doesn't construct his roster to take advantage of the dimensions of the ballpark that they play in? Yeah. I mean, if you want to be fair to him and say, like, that was his reason for signing Hicks, you just haven't gotten that production out of him, whether he's healthy or not, where he's a guy who turns into one. Who else am I forgetting that that isn't here right now? That could be, I mean, when Guardy, even though Guardy was on his way out, he really did have a couple decent seasons um, power-wise, but clearly that's gone. I mean, the guy's, the guy's, he's here because he's, he wants to, you know, they wanted to give him a proper goodbye, but he's, he's definitely uh, maxed out. I mean, there's no turning it around at this point. I don't think. For Brett yeah, Gardner. I don't think there's much gas. I don't think there's much gas left in that tank there. It's really I mean, a shame Luke, that Luke Voigt's not a left-handed hitter. It's really a shame that Chris Gittens isn't a left-handed hitter either. I it, mean, I think he could have stuck around if uh, he was a lefty hitter. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely could have. But uh, after the game on Sunday, Gittens got sent down because the expectation is now uh, Voigt will be active for Tuesday's game. We're recording mm-hmm. Monday night. <clears throat> Yankees have so many goddamn Monday off days that we figured we'd just set into, settle into a nice little rhythm here recording can, on Monday night. Can we just talk about this for one second? How awful is this fucking schedule? I know we talk about this every year, but it seems to get worse. They're off. First of all, they have an off day on Friday last week. I mean, that's just, you talk about wanting to grow the sport, right? And you're giving the Yankees a day off on a fucking Friday. That's the first thing. Second thing, there was another weird scheduling thing. What was it? They they had off, and then I don't even know what the hell it was, but it was just like, what is going on? Nothing right, makes Friday sense. Off to play, they had Friday off to play two in Philadelphia, and then they were off again on Monday. And then they were home. It's not like they had like a huge traveling day, and now they're off again today, but they're home again. Why is, why is there so many off? Are they grouping the off days now? Is it like the Yankees are going to have to play like 40 games straight to end the season? Is that what this is? Because then I don't mind it as much. But, but it, it's just ridiculous, man. It, it, this schedule is awful. Awful. I think it was the Yankees were off after a home, home game. They had like a f- quick series away, and then they were back home. All right, this is their last off day until July 5th. Okay, that's still like... Not a crazy amount of games. And then uh, then they're off for the All-Star break. And then they're off on the next two consecutive Mondays. Then they're off on another fucking Friday. That's, that's, because it's that's the, criminal. That's because it's the Phil the Dreams game. Okay. And and who's playing in that? The Yankees and the White Sox are. Oh, they, they, are, they did reschedule that. Yeah, the Field of Dreams game is August twelfth, so they give they're giving them a day in between in case I guess in case it rains, rains. because then so what uh, the twelfth is a Thursday, yeah, so, because then they okay the last two games in that series go to uh, back to Chicago. Okay, but that then, makes look, sense. All fr- but then they're off Friday that because of that, and then they got the next. Then they're off again on that Monday. They're man. off the thirteenth and the sixteenth. That's so. crazy, man. That's just awful. That's really poor. Really poor. I mean, schedule. there's really not many long stretches of them having to play. I mean, I guess this next stretch, where they're not they're not off again until the fifth, is probably their longest. Really poor. 
because then they'll, they'll play uh they'll play eight in a row before then they'll have an off day then they'll play another then they'll be, go out west for six they'll have an off day then they'll play what three six nine with an off day three six nine with an off day three with an off day six and in the end of the season so it's not they don't really go more than nine games without a without an off day you know i'm you know i'm not ashamed to like make myself look like an asshole right yeah, obviously obviously so i'm gonna make a statement right now and I could be way off and just forgetting someone. But the last power or just any any big time lefty batter that I can think of for the Yankees that was just a lefty, not a switch hitter. Tino Martinez? Hideki Matsui. Oh, right. Right. Okay. But, I mean, that's still a long fucking time. Right? I mean, when yeah. when did Matsui retire? Uh, he left the Yankees 11? after they won the World Series. Oh, nine? I thought he was still there for another couple of years. No, he played another couple of years. But oh, right, for the Angels. The, and I think he wound up in Tampa as well. That was uh, Yeah, Tampa was 2012. He only played 34 games. That was, that was sad to see. Right, because I remember him getting his ring as an Angel. You know... <clears throat> The Yankees need to go and acquire an outfielder. I mean, I think it's blatantly obvious at this point. Yeah, but is it going to happen? Uh, is you said is it or when? Is it? Is it going to happen? I think it will. I just don't know what level of outfielder you want to to expect Look, man, here. I I don't. I think I you obviously you need a guy who's more than competent in the outfield, but he most importantly needs to be a lefty bat, and he needs to be a guy right. who has some pop, a little bit of pop. I think the most realistic trade option that I hear a lot of people say is Starlin Marte with the um, Miami Marlins because he's in a walk year and he's not going to cost a lot in terms of prospects or money. But guess what bat, uh, what side of the batter's box he stands in? The right. He stands in the right-handed batter's box. Yeah. So, so I mean, look, I don't need it. I don't need a, a big name. I need a lefty bat to to plant in this in this lineup. Right, <clears throat> but why you keep know, clearing your you throat? Want, you have fucking. You have, I don't know. You have this a scratchy throat. You need fucking water. This weather is fucked up. It is. You can't even breathe outside. Uh, yeah. Which you know, then leads you down the road of what are you getting? A an outfield version of Roof Neto Door. If what you just I mean, get any old lefty, just get any lefty to play the outfield. Yeah, but listen, all I'm asking for is two things. He doesn't have to be a 300 hitter. He's got to be a guy that maybe doesn't strike out a lot and has a little bit of pop in his bat. And by little bit of pop, I mean I mean almost like an Aaron Hicks, where he's going to get a hold of one here and there. But he's a guy who's getting up on the left side of the plate, plays a good outfield. And I put that lefty bat in the middle of this lineup. I think that's why, for the time being, uh, unless they're playing a lefty pitcher, that Odor should be in the lineup every day. Odor, it's not going to look. Odor hasn't been anything to write home about, but he has some big moments. And and, and he's being, had, being a lefty's got to be in there. He's the only lefty with any sort of power on this team. It's really a shame that Gardner's struggling as much as he has been. 
You know, I was thinking about this the other day because James Caprillion pitched against the Yankees on Friday night, mm-hmm. and um, he pitched relatively well. The, yeah. uh, I think he gave up three and three runs in like five and a third. He, he only gave up a couple home runs. He, he looked pretty good. He had like seven strikeouts through like the first three innings, so he kind of faded towards the end there. Um, and I'm saying to myself, this is just an, like because Jameson Tyone pitched that game, right? Mm-hmm. And also didn't pitch terrible, myself, right? No, he didn't pitch terribly, but I'm saying to myself, like Brian Cashman should probably just get fired off of the off of the optics of this game alone. Yeah. I mean it's easy like, to just like jump down. His you throat. Tra- this is a guy that you traded for Sonny Gray, who was a disaster. Now he's back. Now he's I mean it, it makes you wonder, like, did uh Caprillion have something like, did he have a personal vendetta against Caprillion? Because it's a Tommy John guy and he traded him. Yeah. We know how he's much a he double Tommy, Tommy John guys. He's a double Tommy, I think. I could be wrong about that. So, but, but, <clears throat> but let's just take it for what I, I hate analyzing things in the present when, when it happened was so much different, right? You're talking about a guy in Sonny Gray who was an elite pitcher. And we're trading off a piece of the puzzle that was hurt, a huge risk to to say no in that deal. And it just turned out that Sonny Gray was a big waste of, of a fucking human being in New York. But why does he continually make the wrong but, decisions but can when you, it comes can you to Can you blame Brian pitching? Cashman for that? If you look at Sonny Gray's numbers no, I at think the we time, all agreed. I think can, we all agreed could Sonny, that it was could, his, Hold on. Could Brian Cashman have sat there and said, yeah, Sonny Gray's great, but he's going to suck as a New York Yankee? I mean, well, at really, the time, Chris, are you not you taking Sonny Gray for Caprillion when the guy couldn't even <clears throat> pitch for two years? This is what I'm saying. At the time, and we've said it, it was a good deal. Like It was a deal that you had to make. But again, now it just keeps adding to the man's track record of being poor with starting pitching. Yes, I think the optics of it, like you're saying, are really bad. But, like, look at Sonny Gray leaving New York again. He went back to the pitcher that, that Cashman thought he was getting. So, like, Caprillion's so got to give he, me a little bit more before I say, you know, Cashman's at okay. fault here. But the optics pitched, of it, yes, you're right. He has pitched better than Jameson Tyone has pitched. Yeah. I mean, that's not saying much. Tyone, did, what, gave up? Did he come out of that game with the with the lead? Uh, I, I think I he did. He did. I think it was three two, and he and he. Looked, I didn't. First of all, here's what here's what pisses me off about Tyone, and this this everything. in itself this in itself describes the pitcher that we're watching this year and how frustrating he is. He gets two quick outs in the first inning on seven pitches or six pitches, and you're going, you know what? Maybe he's locked in today. Maybe he's going to put up a, a big game for the Yankees. I walk out of the room to go get a, a bottle of water or something. I walk back up and it's one nothing. And you're just like, what the fuck happened? Well, he left that game tied. The Yankees took the lead in the bottom of the fifth. And then uh, Wandy Peralta served it up in the sixth. Yeah, that was, uh, and they that lost was, five to three. I mean, that, you want to talk about optics. <laughs> that was the Kemp home run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but here's what terrible. I Terrible. You know, we usually don't do deep dives into the games, especially once the series is over and yeah. we're another full day removed. But. I didn't like the hook in the fifth inning. I didn't like it because uh, Tyone 
it's four. He goes four and two thirds innings, the last two runs. Mm. And obviously, after the guy gave you one out in his last start, you'll take it and you'll be sat. I guess satisfied. But yeah, I understand that Matt Olson was up and Matt Olson took him deep in the first inning. But he also struck out Olson later in the game. And if you can't trust Tyone. To get you 15 outs in a game, what are we doing here? Look, I think this is where, when you want to dissect Aaron Boone as a manager, I think these are the things that we can start to look at. It can't be resting guys and shit like that because that comes from up top. But in in fairness to him, he had a really good series in Toronto. I'm about to compliment Boone also, okay? But let me just say this. I think Boone is sometimes too much in his own head in a sense of, not only was that hook, and he'll never say this to the media, but not only was that hook because Olsen took him deep in the first inning, that hook is because he's got Tyone in a, in a position now where he can come out of this game and feel a little more confident and start building on that, right? And, and also Olsen is up, so it's, a, it's another good reason. And it's just not... It's just not how he needs to be managing this team right now, especially with a guy not like Tyone... Not, not how he needs to be managing James and Tyone. Exactly. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. That's not how you manage a guy like Tyone who's supposed to be here to fill that to fill that role behind Cole. And it's just not even close right now. That I means, didn't, I'm telling you, I didn't I didn't like the hook. I didn't no, like no, no. It. I agree with you. I, I'm one hundred percent on board with you there. I think Boone made the wrong move. However, that being said, Boone has pushed almost all of the right buttons in the last week. I mean, that stat you showed me with the pinch hitters, yeah, of course it's the players coming through, but Boone is starting to get a better feel for, for you know, what's happening in the game. And I'll say this, and this isn't a knock on Boone because I am giving him credit here, but it's also easy to have a lot of good pinch hitting stats when you're resting your everyday players every single day. Yeah, but Clint and Frazier comes up with a big hit. I feel like Clint he- Frazier is like... I hate to I hate to put him in this role because he's supposed to be so much more, but he's such a good bench guy. He's a really good off the bench hitter. He really ha- he really is. You know, I don't know. It, you know, people argue with you. Oh, you got to take him out. If you don't trust this guy to get you fifteen outs, then then why do I we have him here? I can't agree with you more. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I'm just telling you, I think that's where Boone's head's at, and it's in the wrong place. Like, it's not up to you at this point, and you being Aaron Boone, to build Tyone's confidence artificially, right? And by that, I mean just pulling him when he has when it's a tie game in the in the fourth inning, in the fifth inning. You don't. That's an artificial boost of of confidence when really you need him to stay out there and fucking dominate. And he needs to boost his own confidence by being a competent starting pitcher. And you can't keep babying him like that. If it was the sixth inning, seventh inning, I probably don't even make a big deal about it. But this guy is a tax on the bullpen every single time he goes out there. And I think he's gotten into the sixth inning, what, once or twice this year? Yeah, and here's the problem. Here's, Here's just another layer of the issue is that you're pulling him there. And who did he bring in in that spot? Was that when Wandy came in? Yeah, no. It, I mean, it, it ended up working in that spot. Right, but what I'm saying is you're not bringing in a guy who, who you're fucking sitting there saying he's one of the elite bullpen arms. 
I mean, Wandy Peralta is a fucking crapshoot. Oh, he is. <laughs> he mean, absolutely is. I mean, so so at that point, you're just you're putting your team in a more vulnerable spot. You're putting your bullpen in a more vulnerable spot. It just doesn't make sense to me. And then you got to give credit to who who came in after. Jim, that. I think it was Sessa, right? Sessa did a really great job buckling down. But this, the, you know, the offense well, didn't um, produce after that. Unless he pitched to a batter into the next inning, which it doesn't tell me here, he's completed more. He's gotten the Yankees more than 15 outs twice this year. Twice. That's crazy. I, I'll, I'll pull that. He's, I'll pull that up first. He's gone. Yeah, because there's a couple of five-inning starts, but it doesn't tell you whether or not he pitched to anybody in the sixth inning. But he's gotten the Yankees more than 15 outs twice in 13 starts. That's not a, that's not good. No. And one of them was a five and a third, and the other one was a six and a third. So he's made it into he's gotten an out in the sixth once, and he's gotten an out in the seventh once this year out of thirteen starts. All right, he pitched. Uh, let's see, he pitched into the sixth inning once, and he pitched into the fifth inning. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, eight times. Yeah, I mean, he's only given them more than 15 outs two times. You are right about that. Two times. That's crazy. Yeah, you know that he has the second lowest uh, average innings per start in the league. How much of that has to do with rebounding from the injury and how much of that has to do with the Yankees just not having faith in this guy? And look, let's put, let's put decisions aside real quick. The Yankees have lost his last four starts. That's a problem. You know, do you know who has the lowest uh, average innings per start in the, in the American League? Tyone. Just take it. No, he has the second lowest. You know who has the lowest? In the American League? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Who? Matt Harvey. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. The Yankees are... Who remember... Listen, the Yankees are... This is a big stat. Like, every, no one cares about wins and losses. Well, I'm not talking about Tyone's wins and losses here, which is abysmal. It's, he's one and four. But the Yankees themselves are four and nine in Tyone's starts. That's a problem. That's not good. It's a huge problem. That's really not good. I mean, you can't get by with a guy who you're expecting to do big things and your team's four and nine when he's on the mound. And let me look. Like, look at Herman, right? Herman, they're eight and five. That's, you got to take that every day of the week. You know, Herman's had his ups and downs. Um, really didn't look great again the other day. And we're gonna give um, I'm gonna give Max Goodman some credit here. He tweeted this. Uh, I was looking for something else, but I found this. Remember when the Nats were in town and Loisica got rocked? Uh, yes, that was like his one bad, really bad appearance. All right, since then he's appeared in 15 games, 20 20 innings pitched. Uh, he's got allowed one earned run, and the Yankees are twelve and three in those fifteen games. Amazing, amazing. 
And, and and let's say this. I was on uh, ESPN Radio again today, and they and they asked me about mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Loizaga, and if he's if he's an all star. And I said this: not only is he an all star right now, given Chapman's last few weeks of you know being back to the Chapman where you hold your breath every time he comes in, Jonathan Loizaga might be the MVP of this bullpen this year. I mean, if Chapman stayed even remotely close to what he was doing. It'd clearly be him. But Jonathan Loisico is finally, he's finally a guy that we've heard the Yankees say, you know, he doesn't have, he has command issues and blah, blah, blah. Actually put it all together in front of our eyes. He doesn't have good, he doesn't have high strikeout numbers. He's only struck out 12 in those 20 innings. So he's pitching to a lot of contact. But you want to know what? I think that's why he's been so effective. He's not trying to be cute up there. He knows he has good stuff and he's, and he's telling them to fucking hit it. And they can't. They cannot. He is. Un, he's been unhittable. What do you think the Yankees' record is in Jordan Montgomery's last six starts? Mm, last six, I'd have to say they're five and one. They're six and zero. Oh. Six and zero. Oh? They're six and zero oh in Montgomery's last six starts. Yeah, I got it. Ever since, ever since I fucking ripped on him, he must listen to the show uh, against Baltimore. The dude's been good, man. He had one I was, one bad I start Max, since then. <clears throat> I thought Max tweeted it. It must have been somebody else, uh, unless it was a reply, and I'm just not looking in the right place. Um, the Yankees have more wins in Jordan Montgomery starts than they do in Garrett Cole starts. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. But look, speaking about Garrett, when are we going to get into a look ahead here? Because like I said, the Yankees, the Yankees can reset the tone of this season over the next six games. Really, the next nine games, if you want to take it out that far. And it and it all starts with Garrett Cole. Right? He's taking the ball tomorrow. Garrett Cole is taking the ball tomorrow. So, you have the Royals for three games at the stadium. Meanwhile, the Red Sox are playing the Rays, who the Rays came back down to earth. And if you look at the standings right now, the Yankees are right back in the thick of things. Is it too much to ask? And I and I say this, I'll I'll preface this by saying you always are you always settle with a series win. But is it too much to ask the New York Yankees to really fucking buckle down, set the tone, and fucking take a sweep from the from the Royals while the Rays and Sox beat up on each other over the next three days? I don't know. Jameson Tyone's pitching on Thursday. Well, so. maybe Ty, this is Tyone's way to fucking reset his own fucking fate. <clears throat> the Royals are 32 and 38. I mean, they're in third place in that division only because the Twins and Tigers are really bad. Um, if you, again, I mean, like if the Yankees are going to really be serious about making a run at this, and because I, I believe Garrett Cole was asked uh, today or yesterday if the Yankees are back. Mm. And, and basically he said, no, we've been so up and down this year. You know, look at how, where we were. And I'm paraphrasing here because I didn't hear the quote. I just heard somebody talking about it. But basically it was like, look at where we were after we, we swept Chicago and what happened. So like, we're, you know, obviously like we're not back, you know, it's like we need more cons- uh, consistency mm-hmm. than just, you know, these last six games. That's more than fair. Uh, 
So if they're going to seriously want us to think that they are back, they this is a series that they they have to go and sweep. They have to sweep because, like I said, the Rays are, are playing the Sox. So those are two two teams directly ahead of you. So if you you're going to gain ground somewhere, exactly, you sweep this series, you're going to gain ground every single night on someone ahead of you, and then you go to Fenway, right? And in Fenway, you take two out of three, you're gaining ground again. And then you have the Angels, who we we you know we were knocking the Yanks a couple weeks ago, saying how the Angels had the spot over them, didn't they? They did. F- fucking set the tone, reset the tone, because the tone right now is that you're just an you have no identity, you're up and down. Set it fucking straight this week. Take advantage of this weaker schedule. Go into Fenway Park. And fucking rip on the fucking Red Sox. And you fucking reset the tone. Let me tell you something. If the Yankees play their cards right over the next nine games, they can be in first place by the end of this month. Uh, that's gonna be tough Why? Why? Because they're four games out right now. Okay, they're, you f- mean- okay, they're four games out. They're three out from the Rays. So even if... Even if they sweep the Royals and the Sox sweep the Rays, you've jumped the team now. You're asking the Red Sox to collapse in this next week. I'm not asking them to collapse. I'm asking the Yankees to win a series against the Sox, sweep the Royals, and then continue to win. It's It's going to be hard for them to make up four games in a week unless they sweep Boston. And maybe they do. (laughs) I mean, maybe... maybe what I'm saying is, if the Yankees are going to show, if the Yankees are going to find their identity, it's going to be this week. It's going to be over these next nine games. Okay. If the Yankees come out of these next nine games and they go four and five, even five and four, this team just doesn't, I don't think they'll ever have that run in them to do what it takes to be a dominant, no, dominant team. No, we're pretty much at the, I mean, uh, they got to be within two games of the division at the All-Star break. And I think that's that should more be than a, doable right now. I think that should be their goal. And if they do that, then I'll feel confident that they have what's... I'll feel better about them. I, because you here, know, here's the thing. We're very realistic people, okay? And I'm not sitting here saying that the Yankee season's over. What I'm saying is we're still waiting for them to find themselves. And now it's getting... The time's ticking for that. Now, if this team was dominant throughout the beginning portion of the season so far, and then they had a bad skid of back-and-forth baseball, that's one thing. But this team still hasn't found their identity. They're still up and down. We still are unsure, even after a great series against against the A's. And, and did they sweep? They swept the Blue Jays, right? Yes. I mean, that's nothing to, to sneeze at. No, the Blue Jays the Blue are a good Jays, hitting team. Yeah, and they've beaten the Yankees every and, time that they play. Yeah, this so year. so we should be sitting here really saying, yeah, the Yankees were on a bad skid, they're back, but we can't say that yet, and that's not okay. We're too far into the season to not feel confident after the week they just had. But you can't be too confident. You just can't. Chris, what, what were they? What kind of stretch were they on? I mean, how can you feel confident about them? They've done this. Garrett Cole said it. They've done this numerous times already but, this year. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I think it was right after Jay Bruce retired, they had the best record in baseball over a, over a good portion of games. So, like, yeah. for a while, then, they uh, you were like, oh, shit, this team's legit. And then they f- collapsed again. Well, now they're back on the rise. You can't see a col- – you can't collapse again. 
you got to keep going out there and winning series. And I and, and look, yeah. if they win the series, if they don't sweep the Royals, I'm not saying that they failed. I think that you'll take any series win. All I'm saying is they have an opportunity right now against a team that they should beat at home to to make up ground every single night. You got to win those games. You got to find it within yourself to win those games, especially with Garrett Cole taking the ball to set the tone of the series. Uh, tomorrow night or tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah, but uh, he can't have spider attack anymore, so. Yeah, let me tell you something. I saw that fucking tweet. I saw that video you posted of, of DeGrom. Disgusting. Disgusting that that Manfred is allowing these umpires to fucking completely question his integrity like that. They, what, they fucking strip? What, they put fucking... Grope his balls and tell him to cough. They fucking yeah, strip not, search the guy. Yeah, but that's going to be everybody. That's what they have to do now. That's a joke. That's an absolute you know what the, joke. You know what the problem is? Is that they should have never did this in, in the middle of the season. Never. No, but what happened? What happened? MLB changed the balls, right? That's a known fact. In As a result of that, Offense started to dip off. So what did that cause people like scumbag Donaldson to do? Open their mouths and start to expose what MLB has known forever. So now what does MLB do? They take extra steps. They exaggerate it and say, oh, my God. Guys, are pitchers are using spider tack and, and pine tar. We better check every single one of them. Meanwhile, they've known this for fucking how, however many years baseball has been around. It's an absolute joke. It's a, and it, and if you're falling for it, you're you're just your head's up your ass. You think this isn't MLB just trying to save face? Same thing happened with the steroids. Ken Caminetti stood up during a fucking players union meeting and and exposed everyone. And what did MLB do before it got out? MLB started cracking down so that they didn't look like the bad guys turning a blind eye to it. You know, and after Cole's last start, uh, he was basically begging, pleading uh, MLB to work with them on something yes. that they could use a universal substance. See, this is what the issue is for me. We all know everybody does something, right? You know, Met fans will tell you Jacob DeGrom doesn't use anything, which apparently the guy hasn't pitched a injury, shoulder, whatever the hell is, and he's out there throwing 100-mile-an-hour fucking heaters yeah. past the Braves today. Maybe the guy's just not human. I don't he's know. He's not. Um, but 99.99% of pitchers are using something to help grip the ball. Tyler Glass now blamed his, his ligament tear on not having anybody anything to grip the ball with. Uh Buck Showalter said it was going to be interesting to see how Garrett Cole felt after this start to see if he had any type of injury or different type of soreness. Well, we haven't heard anything, thankfully, so it seems like he's okay. Uh, you can't, you couldn't, this is not something that needed to be done in season. No. No, because guys need to train differently without it. Now, here's my problem. There's, a, there's the easy debate topic of well batters get to use pine tar right and i haven't dove into that enough to to really get a grip of what that argument would be like but here's something i thought of there's a guy in in on the angels who doesn't just pitch he bats 
Now, do they have him batting when he's pitching? Or or is he not batting in those games? I honestly I should probably know this, but I don't really I don't really know. And I'll say that up front. I don't know. But what if Shohei Otani goes up to bat in a game that he's pitching without batting gloves? What about in the National League when pitchers go up to bat? Are they allowed to put pine tar on the bat? And is that pine tar not sticking to their hands? And then what? And then what? Because I'm sorry. Pitchers bat. Pitchers bat in this league. And batters are allowed to use the pine tar and the sticky stuff, right? So who's to say that they can't have a little residual on their on their hand to go out and pitch? How are you how are you regulating that? Who who's to say DeGrom can't get up to to the to bat with pine tar on the bat and maybe some of that's stuck on his on his finger? Who's to say that the bat doesn't hit his the back shoulder and now he has pine tar on his jersey and he's using that on the mound? How do you regulate that? You can't. Well, I'm sure you could you would see him touching his shoulder. I don't know how invasive I'm, you know what I'm saying these though. uh these checks are. Well, I know that they did it at the beginning of the game. I didn't follow up on it to see if they did it throughout the game. My, then, po- my point is though, there's nothing stopping that. Nothing. Who was who was the batter on the on the Yankees that used so much pine? It was Alfonso Soriano, I think. Would have so much pine tar in his bat that his whole back of his jersey was was covered in it. Yeah, I think Swisher used a lot of pine tar. Too. Swish, yeah. I mean, it's just something that, like, if you're going to regulate sticky stuff, you got to have things that are legal for both pitchers and batters. Well, according to Trevor Bauer, that you can uh, just sweat and rosin can cause a bowl to stick to your hand. Okay, and who used to do that nonstop? I think of one guy. Can you think of I'm, him? I'm drawing a blank Buckles here. used to come out with the gel was sweating out of his hair. His hair was always soaking wet with sweat and gel. He would do that, hit the rosin, and that would be it. How do you regulate that? Tell pitchers they can't have gel in their hair? They're not allowed yeah. to sweat? What do you need gel in your hair for if, if you're going to pitch a game? Because you're a fucking stud. You got to take pictures after the game. Clay, Clay Buckholtz is a stud? He was for a little bit. I mean, he fell off quick, huh? Yeah. But, like, you know, it's just, it's just the point. It's the principle of it. How far do you go to regulate? They're supposed to be checking them. But that's my I mean, point. I, You're not allowed to have gel in your hair. You're not allowed to have sunscreen on. These guys are pitching in fucking 100, 100 degree uh, suns beating fucking down. You're not telling them they can't wear sunscreen? No, they are. allowed. From what I understand, they're allowed to wear sunscreen during the day. Like You can't show up to a 7 o'clock game with sunscreen on. Okay, but then that sunscreen's being used in some way. So now you're telling pitchers they can have the advantage during the day? It just doesn't make sense. It's all, you want, we keep talking about optics. It's all optics at this point. That's all it is. And, and Manfred is the worst thing that has ever happened to Major League Baseball. I'll tell you that with certainty. Looks like Clay Buckholtz is out of the league. It seems like the last time he pitched was in 2019 with the Blue Jays. He had a 6.56 year, right? He had some good years in there. Hated his guts, but he, no, he was pretty, he was solid with Boston for a few years. Okay, okay, okay. You know who's been real solid lately is Gary Sanchez, dude. I mean, could any could any does any other podcast look as good as we do calling the whole Kyle Agashioka thing? And we said, look, 
to be fair, we didn't we weren't sitting here advocating for Gary Sanchez anymore. All we said was Kyle Agashioka is not the answer. If you're going to throw out a guy that's going to be just as bad as Gary Sanchez, give me Gary Sanchez. Because at least Gary Sanchez has shown us the guy he can be, and maybe that comes back. And Gary Sanchez has to. to be in the fucking lineup tonight. Or well, you're going to listen to this Tuesday morning. He has to be in the lineup on okay. Tuesday night. Okay, here's our next uh, scientific method, the Yankee scientific method segment. Okay? If the Yankees play Kyle Higashioka over Gary Sanchez so that they feel more comfortable with their multi-million dollar ace pitching, then they aren't serious about winning a World Series. I think, personally, the Yankees are finally going to make the right move here. They have to. And Gary Sanchez will be in the lineup. They have to. They were, look, dude, they're off. They were off today, Monday. They have a day game after a night game on Thursday. That's one Kyle Higashoka plays. And isn't Tyone pitching? That they like him He's catching Tyone Thursday. too. No, they so, like Gary's usually caught Tyone. I think well, the last couple times I think it's been Higashioka. I'm pretty sure Sanchez has caught Tyone exclusively. Really? I think you're wrong yeah, about that. I'm almost po- I'm almost positive. Um. So, so let's look at it this way. Higgy was getting Kluber and uh, Cole starts, and uh, Sanchez was getting yeah. Tyone but but and, ever uh, since Kluber went out, I thought Higashioka was catching for Tyone more. I'll look it up, but but think of it like this. In Cole's last start, what was his most dominant inning? I don't know. I can't remember. Right the last inning he pitched, right? And who was behind the plate? That was, oh, yeah, that was Gary Sanchez. That's right. Dude looked like a fucking beast. Dude looked like he could have went seven more innings. Yeah. Uh, so the, he can do it. I, I mean, let's... N- First of all, I think it's such he a slap in the face to, to Gary Cole. I th- I really do. I think it's such a slap in the face to him. He can pitch to Gary Sanchez. I really think it's such a slap in the face to tell to tell the world that your ace can only pitch to to one when, catcher. When Higashioka started in Cole's last start, I got people arguing with me. Look, who do you think Gary's going to play every game? No. Dumbasses. I don't think he's going to play every game. But why can't Gary Sanchez, now that he's he's taking the starting role back over, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's no, mind no, that he sure. is taking back the, uh, being the starting catcher for the Yankees. Why can't Gary Sanchez get a day off when a catcher traditionally gets a day off? Day game after night game, maybe you want to start him in a night game for a day game. Fine, whatever. You know, that's that's the that's it. or the other night he uh did he not play Saturday? Uh when did he there was one game where he got the shit kicked out of him. Remember that was, it was recent. Yeah, that was uh against Toronto. I think when and he wasn't they and had he wasn't the in the lineup. Game, yeah. He wasn't in the lineup the next day. The next day. That's yeah. fine. Like if he has a really rough night back there, he's getting it had to be against Toronto. And they fucking, had a day game that, the next day. That fucking scum, scum prick, uh, fucking Bichette swinging the bat like a wild man back there with no regard for anybody. Uh, fucking clock Gary a couple of times. Gary caught a couple of fucking foul balls. Um, yeah, so that uh, that situation. No, Gary, that was Thursday night. He took a beat and then he was off on Friday. Yeah. So that I under that I understand. Day game after night game, I understand. Dude, 
other than that, there's, he shouldn't have a set off day just because Garrett Cole is pitching. He has proven now. Look, if he goes back and his average dips back to 150 and he looks like he couldn't hit fucking water if he fell out of a boat, then we can revisit it. But right now, Kyle Higashioka looks like a fucking career minor leaguer, which is what he was uh, before everybody fucking fell in love with him. And Gary Sanchez is back to looking like an all-star caliber player that we had been holding out hope for for a better part of two years now. So he needs to be in the lineup on Tuesday. I don't want to hear any bullshit about, oh, Cole. Fuck Garrett Cole if he can't pitch to to, uh, to Gary Sanchez. So think about this. You know how much I love get, and you know how much I love Garrett Cole, but Absolutely. fuck him if he, need, if he needs Kyle Gashoka. And I, I think if you asked him a uh, hundred different ways, he'd answer it the same, that he does not need his own catcher. But think of it like this, ready? I was kind of right here. Uh, Agashioka has caught Tyone his last two out of his last four starts. Really? Okay. So that's two starts out of his last four. Meanwhile, he's also catching when Garrett Cole's on the mound. That's way too much Kyle Agashioka when Gary Sanchez has been on a tear. Are you sure he's starting and not just coming yes, in no, later I'm, in the game? Yeah, no, I'm looking at it. He's, he started two of Tyone's last four games. That's not, I don't like that. Now, he's only gotten two at-bats in those games because Gary ends up coming in later. That's too many. I agree. I agree because now you're coupling that with with him catching, Agashioka catching for Cole every time he goes out. That's too much Kyle Agashioka, man. Right, because now what it is, it's like, okay, Gary gets the automatic off day, plus we're going to give him one more. No, 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 no. It It doesn't work like that. We need to be back into a system where Gary Sanchez is the starting catcher right. for the Yankees. And whenever you would give Gary an off day is when you would give Gary an off day. And that's it. It's no no more, other exception. It's no more, oh, Cole's pitching. I mean, how do you justify not having Gary Sanchez in the lineup tomorrow? He came off the bench in Toronto, single-handedly wins them that game with that home run, and then nailing that runner at and third base. You think, Kyle Higash- you think Kyle Higashioka makes that play? Not even close. Yankees... If Aaron Boone doesn't go and pinch hit uh, Higashioka for Sanchez, they lose that game. Who had the only run-scoring hit of the game on Sunday? That would be Gary Sanchez. So his bat won them two games this week. Yeah, and... You, you, and in that one game in Toronto, I'm sorry, they uh, I think they fell behind 4-1. to one. Who got the ball rolling with a big home run? Yeah. That I was mean, Gary Sanchez. Not to beat a dead horse here, but, you know, when you really think of it, Think about it. It's not just Garrett Cole starts where you're seeing Agashioka. It's now, like I just said, two out of four starts at Tyone. And then you're talking about the regular day game after a night game when that comes up and you're benching Gary again. So that's way too much benching of Gary Sanchez when he's hitting the way you finally need him to hit again. I, I you no. know, I said this. This sounds really stupid, but the Yankees, the way they're built, are, are built to have a lineup that is carried by the middle and end of this lineup, meaning the top guys in this lineup can be slumping miserably, but there's still big names like judge and, and Stanton who pitchers are scared to pitch to. But when you couple that with guys like Gary and Frazier, when he gets hot and Andujar following up, this team really starts winning ball games. And we're seeing that right now. So you can't sit Gary Sanchez and insert Kyle Agashioka anymore unless it's absolutely mandatory. 
It just can't happen. There's no justification for it. No. None. Zero. Uh, so, uh, just a couple other things before we wrap up the show here. Uh, Rollis Chapman's back to being a fucking nightmare on the mound and not the good kind of nightmare, which is what he was for like the first month of the year. Uh, this nail thing is apparently really bothering him. He didn't feel comfortable throwing his fastball yesterday. Got lucked out with the triple play. Uh, although, uh, Saturday's game when Boone got tossed, uh, he allowed a run, but that game was that game should have been over before that run scored. He got really, he really got fucking squeezed. Uh, but he hasn't, I mean, he really hasn't been dominant like the way he was. We all saw what happened in Minnesota. Um, uh, again, like I know I'm guilty of doing this, and I've been doing it a lot lately is taking screenshots of really bad calls by the umpires. And I'm really, I'm sure it happens in every game. I'm sure it's happening against, uh, in the Yankees' favor. But the fact of the matter is, the umpires are so bad. How much it's is either it that they just are have gotten more incompetent, or how much is it that we just see the K zone so much after every pitch now? It's probably a combination of both. <sighs> yeah. It's and another part of it is it's either they don't know how much one call can affect an entire at bat can affect an entire game, or they just don't care. I don't think they care. Which, I think their egos are just too big. Which either way is unacceptable. Unacceptable. You're either in, you're either an incompetent or you're a fucking asshole. And either right. way, you can't be in charge of a major league baseball game. Yeah, there's not many umpires out there anymore that you truly respect for being just a guy who has done the right thing throughout his career anymore. I mean, you just don't have those guys anymore. I want to say that it was in the game that Boone got tossed in. It might have been Friday night. It was one of the two games because the umpiring was awful in both games. Probably Buckner, uh, the Buckner game. No, it wasn't. It was, uh, I forget who it was. It wasn't Buckner. Uh, but Michael K literally said, calling balls and strikes is not a strength of this umpires. Yeah. Do you not? Does anybody not see a fucking problem with that? It's literally his job to call balls and strikes. Yeah, because pretty much anything else, any other big time play that you're talking about can be reviewed at this point. So, like, if they're it's incompetent not a in the field, his? right? It's right. not a strength. Of his? It, so that better I mean, be your on. one strength. That better be the one strength that you have if you're behind the plate. And just a quick note. Just a quick note. Degrom's ERA is now point five zero. Yeah, I know. I was I was so most I saw a good portion of his start today. Unbelievable. Um, so so to answer your question, no, he's not human. I mean, just unbelievable. But you know, I th- I believe that he's lined up for yes, July second uh, on Friday. So, so we'll see what happens. Just a there. quick note on on the Chapman stuff. I thought about this today. I believe it was against when did when did the whole finger thing happen? Was it against the Rays when they came out to the mound? And you were like, "Fuck!" Chapman looked off; his velocity was down a little bit, and he still got out of it. And he still had a couple games before he really imploded. And you were like, "Maybe," but he hasn't looked the same since. And here's what I'll say: give Britain a, maybe a week or two more to really get back into the swing of things, feel comfortable. And if that finger on Chapman is still bothering him, you got to put him Trade on the him. IL. 
Trade him. You got to put him on the IL because if that's the only thing that's that's setting him off here, I need him healthy again. No, I trade him, dog. I get rid of him. Trade him and get him back. Uh, and look, I was driving home from the Patriots game uh, yesterday, and you know, John and Susan were talking about that heading into the eighth inning. Lucas Lickie was warming up, and my and I knew Chad Green wasn't going to pitch because he pitched the day before, and Boone's trying to Boone's really trying to stagger. He goes Lewisica Green, Lewisica Green. He tries not to use the two of them on back to back days. He tries to use one and then the other. So I knew that Green was I had I knew that in my mind that he wasn't going to pitch uh Green there. And so you say that's a that's Zach Britton's spot. Mm-hmm. Right? Not Lucas Lickie's spot, right? Lickie's been really good. I mean, no one's going to deny that. The guy's been he's he's been really good this year. I mean, the guy's been pitching big leagues in six years, and he's getting big outs for the Yankees. He's pitching to like a two five ERA, so he's been really good. But he's not coming in to hold the game at two to one when you got Zach Britton in 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 the bullpen. So my initial reaction is he's hurt, right? And oh, you know, I'm talking to people on on Twitter, and it's like. Oh, you're you don't know that how good Lucas Lickie's been. No, I I fucking do. It's just that you're not going to use him in that spot. He's not here Zach to pitch Britton in that is, role. He, if if Zach Britton is healthy, and then what comes out at the end of the game, Boone didn't want to use him because he's sore. Right. He said it's not serious. It's just that he's still kind of like in spring training mode, right. and it's kind of like. So yeah, so obviously it was it wasn't an injury, but he didn't have him available due to a physical something wrong was wrong with him he, physically. So I I understand I mean, that, you, that's a that's a fucking dereliction of duty right. if you're using a, Luke is Licky in that spot and right. Zach Britton is is a hundred percent. You want to fire Boone over anything? It's it's if he came out and told you Britton was one hundred percent, but he's but he's his better option is Lucas Licky at that point. Okay, that's a fireable offense, but. That being said, giving Licky credit, the only times that he's really faltered is when he's, I mean, let's admit here, the guy isn't pitching six years. This is probably going to be the last year he pitches for the rest of his life. I sold his soul for this Because there's no way he's able to lift his arm after the season's over. Oh, and they're proctoring him for show. Right? Like, they know. A, he sold his soul for this season. Right. And B, Boone's like, you know what? You sold your soul to the fucking devil to get back here. Let's proctor. Let's the shit proctor out of the you. shit out of you. And by proctor, for the younger listeners who don't remember Scott Proctor, Joe Torrey single handedly ruined this guy's life, just like he did Jabba Chamberlain, and pitched him every single day. So you got to look at Lucas Lickie as a warrior right now. The guy continues to go out, and on the days where maybe he's been overused that week, you start to see him falter a little bit, give up a big hit or home run. Other than that, the guy's been really good. And and if he stays that way as a reliable piece in the middle of this bullpen throughout the year, you're going to look back and say Lucas Lickie did a, did a fucking stand-up job for this team. And he might not be useful anymore after this season, but the Yankees, if they can continue to rely on this guy... He's been a big weapon out of the bullpen. But he's not Zach Britton. No, he's not Zach Britton. Nor is he being paid uh, like Zach Britton. We'll do the traditional look ahead in a minute here, but I do want to bring this up because uh, it's something that bothered me, and I don't like when athletes do this shit, uh, and I want to get your take on it. Uh, Francisco Lindor, this 
quote came out on Saturday or Sunday morning and because the Mets have been playing a ton of double headers because remember uh, they were supposed to start right. with Washington and they had the COVID outbreak mm-hmm. and then uh, they were making they have, they have a couple of makeup with the Phillies and the fucking they had some rain outs. The, uh, with the Braves so they're playing a lot of double headers right now so Francisco Lindor and his massive 300 plus million dollar contract had this to say he said he likes seven inning double headers because they're easy they're easier physically quote for people at home who might not like it come play shortstop for 18 innings and maybe go extra innings okay. let me know we get paid a lot of money but you still wear out okay i'll get worn out for your for your contract no problem you want me to take look this is my biggest knock on michael k right your job is literally to sit there and watch baseball and talk about it and he complains about unmanageable you know four-hour games Save me the fucking, honestly, like, I don't need to hear it. Then you know what? Give up a portion. Give, let's prorate your contract to play all these seven-inning games. Give back. Give back when you're not playing a full game. If it wears you out. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for that. I really don't. Here's, here's my problem, Chris. And it's not even that he said it. You want to tell, look, we don't like seven inning doubleheaders because we like watching baseball and we think that it's this rinky dink Mickey Mouse bullshit that Rob Manfred keeps fucking putting out there. But if you, as the player, like it because it's easier on your body, then that's all you have to say. Why do you feel the need to now bring the fans into it and then talk about your fucking salary on top right, of it? Right. Because it's so it's so fucking tone deaf. Because I'm telling, how many people that's that are baseball fans support that went out and bought a Francisco Lindor jersey after he got traded to the Mets? How many of them are making? Fucking forty five, fifty thousand dollars a year, where 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 it's like a a big thing for them to take a family of four to City Field to see this guy play, and you're talking and, and you're you're taking shots at the fans. Yeah, what about? There's no need. There's no fucking need for it. What about those fans that are like in in contracting and they're fucking sitting on a roof for fucking uh, ten hours, hours, twelve hours a day in a hundred degree weather? How about those fans? Honestly. Right. Talk about tone deaf. You're right. That's the perfect perfect way to to describe it. You never. There's two. There's one thing an athlete should never do, and I'll tell you this right now. You know how much we ripped on the fans for the way they treat John Carl Stan. If he would have came out there and a fucking attack and actually went after the fans, then I would have fucking went after him. Absolutely. You never go. You never go after the fans. That's no. rule number one. And rule number two: if you're gonna do it, you never bring your fucking money into it because these people, ninety nine percent of the people that watch you play baseball, have to fucking scratch and claw to rub two fucking nickels together. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's not a sob story for anybody because everybody but these are these are blue collar people out there working hard that 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 are supporting you and you know people are telling me no one's holding a gun to your head to go pay to watch and play baseball well guess what dickhead you know when i turn my fucking tv on and they get ad revenue from from the ratings for me watching him that puts money in his pocket as well so i don't have to actually take a dollar out of my pocket to watch him play every time the tv goes on that puts money in the mets pocket that put money in the yankees pocket and that's how they're able to afford their players Mm -hmm. so don't insult your fucking customers and then tell them yeah i'm rich but fuck you i still get tired right no that's that's not cool man that's not fucking cool 
And nah. if you listen to this show and you're the asshole that basically called me fucking racist for this yesterday, what? go fuck yourself. Oh, seriously, I'd love to have that person on. I really would. You don't vilify the fans. First of all, who are you even singling out? You're probably you're probably you're given given what I've heard back from all fans across baseball, you're probably alienating about 90% of real baseball fans cuz we all hate it. And has nothing to do with your fucking contract and how much you should be playing. It has to do with the fact that it's just not baseball. So, so save it, honestly. Listen, we have a quick comment from a from a patron. If you want me to get to it, it's actually okay, a qu- you'll right. actually love this question from oh uh, one of our patron Mason Miles. He said, first Yankee game tomorrow." I guess back at the stadium. What? Oh no! Maybe first game he's actually able to get to the stadium. What stadium snacks are a must? I know what your first answer is going to be. What's that? Chicken bucket. You got to go with the grub tub, bro. Grub tub, Mason. Go with the grub tub. How much is that? Thirty-five dollars. Uh, that would be uh one Andrew Jackson. <laughs> Come on, how much is it? Seriously, it's twenty twenty dollars. Are you fucking kidding me? I thought maybe 15 tops. Bro, you're talking about in the realm of what you pay for shit at Yankee Stadium. You get a fucking bowl full of chicken fingers and french fries and a soda, and you get to keep the fucking bowl. Oh, you get a soda? Yeah. Okay. Now we're talking. And you get to keep the bowl and the fucking cup as a souvenir for 20 bucks. Okay, now now you're talking. Because a soda by itself is about $10. No, I mean, if you're looking to go a little economical, yeah, I would definitely recommend the grub tub. I mean, sometimes uh, the chicken straight, straight up tastes like a fucking bouillon cube, but that's... That's know, okay. That's so, neither here nor there. <laughs> it's the risk that you run. Um, you got to get a pretzel at some gotta point. You got to get the pretzel. Yeah, yeah And that's you it. Know. And then you just you just enjoy the game. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not very exotic when I go to... Go to Yankee games. I'm pretty much stick Sodic. to stick to what I know. Uh, if you are going to start like banging, mighty, there you go. Um, if you like Mighty Quins, I believe they still have a Mighty Quins there. Mighty Quins um, is good. They used to for Yankee Stadium. They used to have a good Chinese food stand. But they it's do. Not it's not there anymore. No. With the it was Japanese and Chinese. They had the sushi yeah. going. It's uh, it's not there anymore. Oh no. come on! It wasn't there in 2019. They took it out. Really? Yeah, it wasn't there uh, two years ago. Wow. I don't know what happened to it. All right, look ahead. Uh, yeah, so. <sighs> I mean, we kind of looked. Yankee, yeah, we kind of looked, but we'll just give the pitching matchups here. Uh, you know, Kansas City's in town for three. Um, where the fuck is it? Here we go. 7.05 Tuesday night. Uh Excuse me. Jesus. Brady Singer uh, is going to oppose Garrett Cole. Uh, and then you got 705. It's TBD versus Michael King. And then 105, it's um, it's Brad Keller versus uh, Jamison Tyone. I mean, have, have the Yankees turned enough of a corner where I can feel confident that they'll score runs off of a guy coming into the game with a 6.34 year, right? Like, can I feel at least not that uh, maybe they won't win because Tyone will suck worse, but can I feel at least confident enough that they'll hit this guy? Well, I, I actually have a, a, 
I have someone lined up for against Michael King here on my on what I'm looking at. What do you have? Bubic. 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 I don't know. Is a four seventeen ERA versus Michael King's four oh eight. And then for the third game, I have a TBD against Tyone. That's not what I have here. I'm on an MLB at bat. Hmm. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, Garrett Cole, uh, he needs a big outing tomorrow. He won eight and I gave up two uh, solo shots in his last outing. I think he only struck out four. I would like to, honestly, I want to, I'd like to see the strikeout numbers go up, go up. because that, look, the end result is the end result. We want to win. We want him to pitch well, but just to kind of get people to stop asking about the fucking spider tack and the spin rate, I would like to see a few more strikeouts. And yeah. this is the type of lineup that you should be able to do it with. Yeah. Uh, there's a. And I'll just say, is, I just want to say one thing about Garrett Cole. It, this happened before the whole spider tack shit came, came to play. He hasn't looked the same since. What was that one dominant start? Uh, was it against the Tigers? I forget. But he really okay. hasn't looked the same. He did pitch really well against uh, who was uh, who's Donaldson on the Rangers? Minnesota. Minnesota. He he looked good that game. He had a chip on his shoulder. He looked like he was a little bit back to normal. But he really hasn't had that consistent dominant stretch like he had you know, uh, a few weeks ago, a month or so ago, where he had consistent going out there, couldn't fucking be touched. He hasn't looked that way in quite some time. I think this would be good. And and it's really all of that is indicative on his, his strikeout pitch. When Garrett Cole has a strikeout pitch, that's when you look at him and it doesn't matter, you know, yeah, he's still winning these games, but when he has that strikeout pitch and he's putting up 10, 11 Ks, that's when you're like, Garrett Cole was dominant today. You know what? And honestly, like you were talking about this earlier, that you don't need a superstar. You don't need, uh, you know, somebody crazy good. You know, this is a series where maybe Brian Cashman can get an up close look at, at a guy and maybe pick up the phone sure. and see what it would take to get uh, him. And that's Andrew Benintendi. I, I've been I've been a fan of that move since you brought it up a, a couple of weeks ago. And I'll just say this too: Garrett Cole's going up against Singer, like you said. The guy's got almost a five ERA. Okay, he's just shy of a five five ERA. When you have your, when, like I said, the Yankees have an opportunity to reset the tone of their season. When you're starting this series against a guy with almost a five ERA and you have your ace on the mound, you better go out there and fucking hit the ball. Well, and Gary Sanchez better be in that fucking lineup. Well, we liked out of the Yankees out of these last uh, on this five and one stretch here. What we've liked out of them is that. They've fallen behind, and they found a way to get the big hit yep. late, which has been seriously lacking in this team throughout the course of this season. But now you're playing a team that you are clearly fucking better than. The pitching matchups are not – You want because it's King, because it's Tyone, you want to say that they might be washes, but you're starting the series where the pitching matchup is clearly in your favor. You have a guy – and Singer, who's not very good against one of the top pitchers in the fucking league. This is not a game where, you know, we look up in the fifth inning and the Yankees are down one nothing because Cole gives up a, 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 a cheap home run to somebody. This is a game where the Yankees, you know, two, the Yankees have to, this is a collective ball dropping game. This is what it has to be. Mm-hmm. The Yankee, Garrett Cole has to take that mound, say, you're not better than me. And I'm going to fucking show you. Go out there, give me seven, eight innings, 10 Ks, one run, 
rocking chair game where you don't even have to wake up a Rollis Chapman. You don't have to wake up any of your top guys because your offense goes out there. And now this is when they start to really put it together and start to beat up bad pitching. Look, the only way they're good, the formula to, to sweep this team is to get on the board early and often, keep the lead, and look. I know you play, you don't play for the future. But if the offense should have one goal this this these next few games, it's to allow this bullpen to go into Fenway Park fully rested and and really not have a lot of high pressure innings on their shoulders going into Fenway Park. Honest to God, Chris, they should sweep the series and not have to work and not have one high pressure inning. No, that's what I'm saying. Year. I mean, the offense it's, out of it's time it's time the pitching has has stepped up time and time again. I know they faltered here and there, but it's it's got to be expected. It's time for the offense to take this team and put it on its back and say we got you this this series. And they uh, have and to I'll do say, it. And I'll say this, we put up with Herman's shit because uh, he was pitching well, and again, we're not we're not saying you can beat your wife mm-hmm. if you pitch well. Right, no, right, 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 it's right. just that you can't do you can't suck and beat your wife. Like right. that's just you can't be a scumbag and suck because then there's no excuse to keep you here. Right? We got to go. We got to roll with the punches. Right? The punches are that he's a fucking scumbag, but the Yankees are going to keep playing him. So we got to root for him. We're forced to root for him. Well, I'm not going to root for you if you're a fucking bag of shit. So he gets one more start, and if he sucks again, get the fuck out. Bye. Hey, send him down. Don't even, again. don't even, don't even bring him back this time, because this is what really pisses me off about Domingo Herman. You got this stigma that you're a piece of shit, which uh, it's not even a stigma; it's the truth. After what you did to your 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 girlfriend, now your wife, and you got to take the mound looking like the biggest fucking scumbag walking the earth. No, your your shirt's not fucking buttoned to the mm-hmm. fucking midway point. The fucking you see the mustache that he's growing yeah. with the fucking he's got, you know, the fat lip packed. I mean, I like yeah, I know other lip, guys. But... I know other guys pitch with, but the combination of all that for him. Makes him look like a bigger asshole yeah, than he really is. Absolutely. And like put the dip to the side a little, dude. <laughs> it's like gives me anxiety watching it in the front of his fucking lip like that. He can't even shut his mouth. Uh, I can't like I get we get it. We know why Herman's here. He's cheap, he's good. So the so it's like any other situation in, in sports where they look past what you did for what you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as fans, as we've said it a hundred times, it's shitty and it's fucked up. And it's it one of the is. things about sports that you, that you don't like, but, but it is you just, like you said, you roll with it, but you, 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 I can't deal with, I just can't deal with him being a piece of shit person and a piece of shit pitcher. Like mm-hmm. what's your redeeming quality then you fucking asshole. You just come back <laughs> on so that note. That should, yeah, on that note, we'll wrap up the show here. Uh, thank you for, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for listening to episode 239 of the NYYSD podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Um, I don't know what Chris's plans are for Thursday, but maybe we'll uh, we'll do something I'm quick to wrap. Oh, you're taking your eyeballs out. I'm taking my eyeball. I wish they would just give me a glass eye. You I'll really fucking want pop glass that eye? shit out there in the show. Well, if you're not going to be around to do a show Thursday, then I'll just pop on Patreon and wrap up the series. On yeah, Thursday I'm going to have to teach you how to uh, how to post it, maybe. Uh, dude, are you, 
it's you know we we've mastered the art of recording now you want me you've to gotten actually really well something? you've done really well i gotta say we'll figure it out uh all right so uh yeah so if you want to hear my thoughts on the royal series you're gonna have to subscribe to patreon uh and why it's patreon.com slash nyyst five bucks a month gets you all the bonus content and like we said when the last pitch of the yankees season is is thrown if we're at 250 patrons the show's coming back in 2022 bada bang so thank you for listening chris say goodbye Peace.